It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shoei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast here on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. On today's show, I'm going to recap quickly the Monday night game of the Reds and the Brewers. It was another close affair within which the Reds lost to the Brewers. Going to get into all that in just a moment. Also want to get to a call or two, depending on time and how long I go on for. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on the many podcasting platforms. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And head on over to LockedOnReds.com. Got some new content up. One by Dave Pemberton looking at how the Reds are creating a winning culture and how the future looks bright because of that. And then another one by a new blog poster named Mike Martis. Mike has a different post. It is, if he were to run for Major League Baseball commissioner, the changes that he would make to improve the game. Very good post. Go and check out both of those great posts. Always good stuff from our writers. And then hit us up on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159. The question of the week is, does it even matter to you, the All-Star game, as far as if a Red makes it or not? And the reason for that is I don't think it's necessarily that big a deal anymore. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you've got a different take. I want to hear from you. So let's jump right into it. The Brewers beat the Reds on Monday night in Great American Ballpark by a score of 8-6. to six, And it was the seventh loss of the season by the Reds to the Brewers. Every single one of those losses has come by a margin of two runs or less. In fact, the first three losses to the Brewers in April were all of the one-run variety. They then lost by two on May 22nd, up in Milwaukee. Then the next two losses were one run and two runs 
you know, that ended the six-game win streak and started the four-game losing streak. And then, of course, tonight. And the culprit, at least over the last four games, you know, last uh, so many games overall, has been the bullpen. The bullpen has been interesting. And not in a good way. They've had a very good season up to this point. But they've gotten a couple of key failures. And I I know that's kind of a harsh word. But really, Monday night was a failure of the bullpen to hold it down. Because for once, the offense provided late game run support. But the bullpen just would not stop giving up runs. They hemorrhaged runs. David Hernandez gave up three runs, including an earned run. I mean, an inherited runner that got charged to Tyler Malley. And then Robert Stevenson went in and gave up a pair of runs as well. A monster shot. Well, not really a monster shot. It was a moon shot. But it was a home run for a great American ballpark. And most of you listening to this podcast know what that means. Just in case you don't know what that means, Great American Ballpark has a way of giving home runs to fly balls that don't necessarily look to be home runs in the first place. And this was a perfect instance of that. It looked like a nice routine flyout. In fact, for the longest time, Derek Dietrich was camped under it in left field. He was ready to catch it. But it just came down barely past the wall, the first row of seats there in the left field terrace, and it extended the Brewers' lead to exactly what they needed. At that point, it was 6-5, to five, and you really felt like the Reds could put together something in the bottom of the ninth to either tie it and extend the game or to come back and win, but Yelich's two-run homer really just put the nail in the coffin. And it was ironic because in the bottom of the ninth, the Reds did score one run to bring it to six, and that is how we got our final score. But it is a bit concerning to look at, just for a moment, David Hernandez. He now has 37 appearances on the season, and or 38 appearances on the season, in six of which he's given up multiple runs, multiple earned runs, two runs or more. Now, that you may think, well, that ratio is not bad, but you're essentially saying that one out of every six appearances is going to be a blow-up. It's going to be a game-changer and not in a good way. And I don't know that that's such a good thing moving forward. I don't know exactly if he's got any trade value at this point. He might to a contender that's really looking for a middle reliever or something of that nature because this is his contract year for the Reds. And he even said afterward, and I applaud him for this, and this was something that C. Trent Rosecrans tweeted out after the game. He stood in there in his locker. He answered every question that was given to him by reporters when people were asking about the night. He you know, said it was an awful performance. He didn't pull punches on himself. He's like, look, I, I don't know if it was a mechanical issue or what. Just didn't have it tonight. Bad performance overall. And then there was a reporter that asked him. He didn't bring it up as if he was trying to make an excuse for his performance. But there was a reporter that asked him, as David Hernandez was a former teammate of Tyler Skaggs. And just in case you had not heard, Tyler Skaggs, passed away very suddenly, very tragically on Monday. 
And there were no further details as to that. And I'm not saying that I'm looking to see if there's any sort of foul play here, but it was really strange because the day before he pitched for the Angels, it's not as if he had been, you know, sick or on the injured list for a long time or it's it was not anticipated i guess is what i'm looking to say so it weighed heavily on his current teammates his former teammates in fact the angels and rangers were due to play a game on monday night and they canceled the game because of that news and david hernandez you know a reporter asked him about that and uh c trent said that david hernandez response was heartfelt and very sorrowful, said that it brought David Hernandez to tears. And again, he it's not like he was trying to say, well, you know, my buddy died, and that's why I had a bad night. No, it was just a reporter asked him a question about it, and he addressed it, and, you know, he, he gave his condolences to the family. And, and you could tell that it was weighing on him, and something that, you know, we don't tend to remember is that these guys get out on a baseball field and they're out there to perform for our enjoyment and to try and win a baseball game, but they're people too. The stuff outside of the ballpark does not stay outside the ballpark for them on a lot of occasions. A lot of guys will tell you that they check their emotions at the door, but when stuff like that happens, man, like I can't even imagine what David Hernandez must have been going through because he played with him, played with Tyler Skaggs for a decent amount of time there in Arizona before they both uh, went to different teams after that. So I, you know, and definitely um, for the Lockdown Reds podcast, I definitely want to extend my condolences to Tyler Skaggs and the family and uh, the Angels. Uh, I can't even imagine just a Red going through that, let alone seen another team have to do that and I believe someone brought it up it was about 10 years ago that they had another young guy suddenly uh pass away Nick Aidenhart I believe was his name back then so that that franchise has dealt with um a lot throughout the season so it it was a bummer to hear that and, and and very sad indeed and that's kind of a somber note to take a break on but I'm going to take a quick break And we'll be right back here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. You're listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast here on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the show. want to extend a quick thank you to Hotels.com for sponsoring today's episode. Stop hate liking your friend's vacation, guys. Head on over to Hotels.com. You'll get yourself some good rates and even get set up to be rewarded for your stay, and that's through Hotels.com. I would be remiss if I talked about Monday night's game without mentioning Eugenio Suarez's performance. He went 3-for-4 with two home runs, and both of them were two-run home runs. He had one in the sixth off of the starter for the Brewers, Adrian Hauser, who... Strangely enough, I will admit to you, I didn't know anything about Adrian Hauser before this game, and the Reds kind of made him look pretty good, at least for a good bit of the game. It was there in about the sixth inning that things fell apart for him, and the Reds took the lead for a brief moment. But Eugenio Suarez had the kind of night that you're thinking, okay, he's going to get off of this slump that he's been stuck in because it was the sort of thing that if the Reds would have won, we would have called this the Eugenio Suarez game. Uh, 
because he even hit a home run in the eighth off of Josh Hader. And just ask any Brewers fan that you meet on the street, someone hitting a ball off of a Josh Hader pitch is phenomenal enough. The fact that they hit a home run is just astronomical. So, hats off to Eugenio Suarez. Great night for him. Wish the Reds could have pulled out the victory for him. And Tyler Malley really also had a nice night. As I mentioned, David Hernandez allowed an inherited runner from Malley to score, which got charged to Malley's record, but he really had a great game. And early on, it was a little concerning because through three innings, he did have five strikeouts, but he had thrown 61 pitches in three innings. And I was curious to see how long David Bell would leave him out there. There was a lot of folks that criticized his decision to let him come back out in the seventh and then bring in David Hernandez, a guy who's been pitching a lot lately. And all in all, some folks attributed those decisions. I I look at them as, well, you know, it's, you know, one way or the other, who knows, right? It's a micro decision on a small scale. And to get bent out of shape over these one little decisions, it's going to drive you nuts. And... It didn't work out tonight for David Bell. Maybe it'll work out tomorrow night. That's just how these things go. But tonight was indicative, and and really the Reds' season as a whole, against the Brewers especially, is indicative of where they are in 2019. They're not that far off, but they're not there yet. They're really close. They're closer than they were last year. A, A hell of a lot closer than they were last year. There's and and that's one of the things. There's a lot of people that are harping on the one run and two run losses. I know Lance McAllister tweets about it just about every other night whenever it happens. Kind of has a running total as to how many losses the Reds have by one or two runs. And tonight he tweeted out of the 44 losses that the Reds have, 27 of them are by one or two runs. And that is what is feeding the whole Pythagorean win-loss. The whole, well, the run differential says they should be better. And I think that is a good sign. It's frustrating right now, but I think this time next year, we're going to be talking about a contending team. We're going to be talking about not a team that's almost there, not a team that needs a run to be back in contention, a team that is in the middle of contention, and I'm very convinced of that. I think that they will make the necessary moves to get there. Speaking of which, I want to applaud Reds Content Plus, uh, the website. We we talked to Matt Wilkes a few weeks ago from the website, and he and Steve Mancuso came up with the website. Steve Mancuso had an article on Reds Content Plus talking about, are the Reds buyers or are they sellers? Well, why not both? Because they need to do both to continue this upward trend that they're at. They need to be able to offload some of these one-year guys and at the same time bring in pieces for the future. Not necessarily exactly like a Scott Rowland type, maybe someone who's got a few more years left in their career or something like that. But at the same time, that's the sort of thing that they need to be looking to do. They don't just need to do one because it's an oversimplified way to answer it. And that article is, Reds Content Plus is a Patreon website, something that they look for monthly donors and monthly sponsors for the website, and they kind of have like a subscription base, almost, they they don't, 
I, I don't think they want to be called subscription-based, but that's kind of how it turns out to be that way. But this particular article is free. You don't have to be a patron of the website to read this article. I encourage you to go check it out. Steve's got a well-written, well-thought-out piece just on how the Reds can accomplish being both a buyer and a seller. And again, that, that still holds true with what I've been saying. Not necessarily, I mean, I, I've been attacking it from one side or the other, but at the same token, I've said I've said all along that if they stand pat, it would be a mistake. If they if they ha- if they hold on to what they have, and you know, say they don't get any of these extensions that they hope they get done, that's all well and good that they've got this money coming off the books. But I think it would also be a mistake to not improve the ball club by a trade because I think they could. And I think they could get something for guys like that. And there's a lot of people talking about throwing Rysel Iglesias into the mix of guys who could be traded. A lot for his attitude and a lot for his lack of performance. Maybe it's something that another team could look at his, you know, the fact that he's young, he's got a nice contract. If they could turn him around, then that contract looks very nice. And really, he could still do that for the Reds. But there's a lot of people that are burnt on his attitude i don't i don't blame them for that at all it's it's been interesting but anyway i don't know i feel like i've rambled on a little bit about that for too much let's get to one call before we get out of this podcast today hey jeff greg wyman uh, from annapolis maryland again great job uh responding to your question about is it important for a red to be on the all-star team. It probably was more when I was a kid. Uh, there wasn't as many opportunities um, to watch the Reds as they got worse in the uh, early 80s. And so it was kind of cool to be able to see like a Dave Concepcion or Ken Griffey Sr. But as I've gotten older, it doesn't really matter. What I want to see is more of the superstars. I want to see a Joey Votto or a, uh, you know, a Max Scherzer rather than the guy just having a decent first half. I'd like to see it uh, even be uh, showcased at the end of the year or the beginning of the year, but some way to encompass all of the work over uh, quite some time. When I was a kid, I wanted to see the Reggie Jacksons. I wanted to see the Johnny Benches. Didn't want to see Ron State starting at third base over Pete Rose, but uh, that might have been because I was, I was a big Reds fan and hated the Dodgers. But anyway, wanted to respond to your message and uh, keep up the good work. Uh, love it, and hopefully I'll meet you at Reds Fest this year. Bye-bye. Thank you, Craig. I always appreciate your call. Thanks for calling. I, I guess that makes you the second recurring caller for the Locked On Reds podcast. That's all right. It's nice to have recurring callers. Thanks for giving us a shout out and and reds fest man i love reds fest i'm looking forward to meeting a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of you guys i know that's still a little ways away and we'll talk more about that a lot closer to when that'll actually be going on but uh always love reds fest and i love your perspective i love the take that you had on the all-star game because i totally agree with you you get these guys that uh, the fans vote in from their favorite team they're like oh he's having a great first half it's like uh, Give give me more of you know in these days. I want to see Christian Yelich uh, opposite Mike Trout. You know, I want to see the pitching matchups. I'd love to see Aroldis Chapman face Joey Votto. 
I don't know if that would ever happen, if that would ever get lined up in the All-Star game or anything like that. But just thinking of All-Star, and, 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 you know, maybe that's another good question to have too. But just thinking of awesome matchups in today's game, that's what the All-Star game should be about. And I feel like with the fan vote, sometimes that's gotten lost in perspective. Now, I think there's a lot of guys on this year's team that I'm excited to watch. I'm excited. Like, I know this is going to sound really crazy. And I might catch a little flack for this, but I don't mind watching Javi Baez. I'm looking forward to watching him in the All-Star game. I don't, I don't mind watching Javi Baez at all. So I'm with you there. Superstars are the name of the game. And really, if Major League Baseball is going to improve its standing in the public eye and in the entertainment business, they've got to promote their stars better. And the All-Star game and the Home Run Derby is the first way to do it. And I feel like the Home Run Derby... The star power this year is just so much greater because you've got a Yelich, you've got Vlad Guerrero Jr. It's going to be really fun to watch. I, I'm looking forward to All Star, the All Star festivities next week. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, that's going to end this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the show. If you are not subscribed, hit that subscribe button on all your many podcasting platforms. We've got iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and even on the Himalaya podcasting app. Check us out on Twitter at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and then head on over to LockedOnReds.com. Got a couple of new articles up there and more coming every day. I'm getting a wild hair about me. I might do some writing soon. So. Not sure what that's going to be just yet, but definitely check out Dave Pemberton's work looking at the Reds building a winning culture and Mike Martis getting on there and talking about what he would do if he were the commissioner of baseball. A little bit of a tease there, too. Going to talk to him over the All-Star break and almost like an interview kind of setting, like I'm going to interview him to be the new commissioner. So look out for that. And uh, be late next week, I think, is when we're going to do that. So anyway, thanks again for listening. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 